Thanks for coming out, everyone. We've got our um, camera happening. Actually, we might just need... Shall would you be able to close those doors? Not because we want to be unwelcoming. Just these ones here, just because the noise from the band. They're fine, I think. It's just... Um, Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for coming out. Um, I'm so excited about the sort of new direction we're taking with SG Colleges here and, um, and um, our first kind of new series, Becoming a Contagious Christian. Um, the topics for the series, you've probably seen them online, but today we're going to be looking at character. So you're going to kind of double dip on character today because the message today is going to be about character as well. So it's going to be like a character attack, so <laughs> um, which I'm excited about. Um, next week, uh, Riley's going to be preaching about conviction and the importance of what are the things you need to believe to uh, really be a contagious Christian to be. I guess what we mean by that is a faithful Christian, in essence, a faithful in mission. And then the week after that, we're going to look at competence and some of the skills um, that you need and they're good to have. And then the fourth week, we're going to do courage and the importance of boldness and really uh, unpacking that about crossing the pain barrier because um, if you're going to be faithful in this area it's really tough and and you are going to get hit and it is going to hurt at some point um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to do a Q&A panel and um, just have an opportunity for any questions you've sort of got that you might want to ask learn a bit from people that I think are, are really excellent at this and and um, a couple of things that I wanted to say firstly if you did want to do some extra reading you don't have to but um, there's two really excellent books that um, Riley and I will be drawing on a lot for the series, and um, that's Honest Evangelism by Rico Tice, which I know a lot of you have read already. It's a very short book, about 100 pages, um, really fantastic. Not Questioning Evangelism by Randy <laughs> Maddie. Um, Maddie's like, oh, I've already read it. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, uh, and the other book that we're drawing on a bit is, um, and obviously the name comes from, is Becoming a Contagious Christian uh, by Bill Hybels and Mark Middleberg, um, which is a great book as well. You don't have to do any extra reading. Um, the point of these classes is you just come along and, um, and for us to be learning together. Uh, but if you do want to do extra reading, we'll be drawing on those books throughout the whole series. So the other thing I want to say is, um, you know, for a lot of you guys, like, um, you might think that I'm an expert in this because probably, you know, obviously you hear me talking about it a lot up the front, but I'm no expert in mission and I find mission, to be honest, evangelism really hard and um, I get really nervous, I chicken out, I mumble up my words, um, I get lazy, I um, fail to spend time with unbelievers at time and really pursue friendship and relationship with them and I so... You know, for, for these times together, what we really want is just to be on a journey together, growing together. And could, could you imagine what God could do in and through this church if we had multiple people kind of catch a vision for this? You know, one of the things I've been praying, um, asking God this year is, would, would we just even see 10 people come across this year in this church? You know, imagine that. Imagine 10 people this year coming to faith, worshiping in our church that right at the moment don't know Jesus. And I think part of... Um, this, the hope for this class is just to stir up something of a renewed passion in our church for getting out there and talking to people about Jesus and being faithful in that end. So why don't you pray with me as um, we kick off and um, look at this issue of character in, in mission. Why don't we pray? Lord, this morning we just want to thank you so much for 
the gospel. And Lord, we want to thank you so much that you are the one that holds the power to save. Lord, that is such a beautiful truth that we hold on to because we're weak and we're often fearful and we often lack the character that we should have and yet there's no obstacle to your working, Lord. You're a faithful God and the power is not with us, it's with you. And so, Lord, I just pray that these Sunday mornings would be just a real time of encouragement and um, that you would have your way and really grow us to be faithful, to really be contagious Christians, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to start off with uh, looking at and trying to address kind of uh, some obvious questions. But before we get stuck into the nitty-gritty of character, I want to talk about and think about um, really, what are the benefits of even becoming a contagious Christian? Bill Hybels in his book, uh, Becoming a Contagious Christian, kind of outlines a whole handful, more than you might think, actually. Um, and this is kind of, kind of some of the stuff that I'm really hoping that um, is fruit in our lives as we kind of um, look at this series. Uh, one is adventure. Um, you know, so many people... Um, and for me as well, so often you can get caught in the rut of everyday life. But I think living this way can bring a real sense of adventure to your life because you're going to that work function that otherwise you wouldn't really want to go to. But if you're living as a contagious Christian and you're trying to be missional, suddenly you're going to this kind of dull work function, but you're thinking, what are you planning, God? Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to be interacting with? What have you staged in this moment for me to be faithful to you? What sort of spiritual conversations might I have in this moment? What opportunities might I have to really love on someone and care for them? Adventure. Purpose. Um, uh, so often, you know, people uh, just, you know, look for fulfillment in their work in, in our culture. And um, so many people... You know, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm kind of a little bit dissatisfied with my work. I would dream, my dream job is this. But even what you find is, even if you get to do your dream job, um, it's just a matter of time before your dream job isn't so dreamy anymore. It just becomes just another familiar thing, and you kind of begin to think, well, this isn't really satisfying. It seems to lack purpose. But when you're living life on mission and you're living as a contagious Christian, suddenly there's purpose, even in the mundane things as well. Um, spiritual growth. Um, We're going to talk about that a bit uh, later on. But if you really want to grow spiritually and if you want to grow in character, being on mission and living as a contagious Christian is a really uh, awesome opportunity for that. Uh, Fourthly, fulfillment. Um, You know, it kind of like shifts and changes our kind of awareness of our own problems. Um, You know, like... um, It just takes really having a spiritual conversation with someone to kind of lift your eyes off the struggles and things that that you've got going on at any one time. Um, One of the um, questions I've been asking myself this week a lot is when I meet someone thinking, where will they be in 100 years from now? And, you know, when you find yourself having a spiritual conversation, you know, just uh, during the last week I was having a um, conversation with Rudy and you're just aware this person hundred years from now, if nothing changes, it's going to be in hell. And they don't know Christ. And a hundred years from now, for me, I'm going to be worshipping God forever. And my life here 
It's going to be a distant memory. And it just kind of recasts, you know, your, your focus completely. It really shifts your eyes off your own situation onto the Lord. Like, it's an awesome opportunity to do that. Spiritual confidence. I mean, who here, like, sometimes feels a bit nervous about um, people's questions or maybe wrestles with personal doubts and, and different things um, about trusting God through different situations? There's something in stepping out and being a contagious Christian that kind of builds this confidence and Paul talks about it in his letter to Philemon, in Philemon verse 6, he says this, And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Paul prays that the sharing of your faith may lead you to full confidence of everything you have in Christ. Those two things are joined. There's something about sharing your faith with other people that builds your own personal faith, that gives you a renewed spiritual confidence, a faith in the promises of God. Um, spiritual confidence, that's the fifth reason. And lastly, uh, eternal investments. It's a real opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven to impact future generations. I mean, I mean, seeing someone come to Christ, you know, can be sort of a long journey that God has you on for years walking with that person. But that changed life has the, the potential to impact not only that person for the rest of eternity, but future generations that will then come from that person. You have an opportunity to make huge, eternal investments. And so um, this is such a great opportunity for us to be, uh, and reasons why we should really think hard about what does it mean to become a contagious Christian. Um, My main point for today is really that character is the light that really shines onto the people around you. And that's where I want us to kind of go and look at the importance of character. So I'll get stuck in with my second question that I really want to look at today, which is an obvious question for many of us, but I think this is where we really need to start, which is why does character matter even in the first place in mission? You know, you might think that, you know, obviously we believe God's sovereign in calling people to himself. We believe that uh, his grace is sovereign grace, so it overcomes even the will of people. So then why does it even really matter what my character is? You know, surely that isn't that important, right? If it's all God's work, then then why does it matter what my character's like? Um, well, first thing um, that I want to say in addressing that is that mission involves getting to know people personally and sharing your life with them. And because that's the case, they're going to be watching you very closely. That's kind of the scary thing about uh, being intentional in mission. Uh, but it's also an opportunity as well. You know, you can do mission through like walk up, um, you know, street evangelism, things like that, which has got a great place and I think is good opportunity. But most of the time in most places where people come to trust in Christ, it's personal. It's through personal relationship. Um, and so we're going to be getting really close with people. You know, that's how we think about mission. Remember at church, it's connect, care, communicate, commit, Right. Connect and care don't happen at a distance. They happen in close proximity. They happen up close. Um, So if you step out in faith and tell people you're a serious Christian who takes their faith seriously, people are going to start paying very close attention to your life. And that's a scary thing on one level. It's also an opportunity. You know, if you're sitting here and you're someone who's like, you know what, I really want to grow in character this year. I really want to grow in my personal godliness. Well, this is a great opportunity for you. 
You want accountability in growing in godliness? You want accountability in growing character? Step out in faith and tell someone that your faith is important to you. And what you'll find is they're suddenly going to be paying very close attention to your life. Um, more than that, you're someone... I mean, who here struggles to read their Bible? If you engage... I mean, all of us do. I, I struggle. I'll, put, I'll be first to put my hand up for that. If you then uh, start to share your faith with your friend who's an atheist, who's got lots of questions, suddenly you're going to be spending a lot more time in the Bible because you're going to be wondering, where do I find an answer to address their questions? You know, stepping out in mission, character matters. Um, character matters because people are going to be watching, but it's also an opportunity to grow in character as well. Um, that's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, secondly, character matters in mission because in mission we're representing Jesus. And uh, Jesus says as much himself in Matthew 5.14. He says this, he says, You, as in you all, speaking to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus calls us to be a light shining out to others. And what does he mean by being a light shining out to others? He means that people might see our good works and give glory to God. There's meant to be something about the way that we live, our character, that represents Jesus in the world. Elsewhere, Jesus says this. He says in John 13, 35, speaking to his disciples, By this all people will know that you are my disciples. How? If you have love for one another. There's something in the way that we together are meant to love one another, that people are meant to look in and see Jesus. They're meant to see the people of Jesus, the Jesus community, and know that these are the disciples of Jesus. Secondly, Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians like this. He says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You know, ambassador is uh, someone sent out to represent a king. It's like the envoy to the king. It's someone who in our time represents a nation, right? Represents a government. But in Jesus' time, it was for a king. And so the ambassador comes and what they say and the way they live represents their king. And that's what we're called to do. Um, So secondly, it's because we represent Jesus. But thirdly, it's not only that uh, mission involves character because we're going to be close contact with people. It's not only that we represent Jesus But thirdly, mission is actually a measure of character because it shows whether we really love our neighbors or not. Um, Jesus says it this way in Mark chapter 12. We saw it uh, last year at the end of the year in our series on on, uh, Mark's gospel. Jesus says when he's uh, been queried by all the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees, he says... Uh, when being asked what, are the, what is the greatest commandment, he says the greatest commandment is this, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And secondly, the second commandment is similar, that you love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments that summarize all of the law of God. Loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. 
And I put to you simply, we can't say we love our neighbour and refuse to share with them the most important news, the most important thing, the most important thing that affects their eternal destiny. We can't say we love our neighbour and withhold that information from them. If we genuinely care about the plight of our friends and family and neighbours, we must be faithful to share with them about Christ. Um, Penn Jillette says the following. Penn Jillette is a famous uh, magician and he's an atheist. And uh, this is what he says about uh, sharing your faith, his perspective. He says, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, how much more do you have to hate someone not to proselytize? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I would tackle you. And this is more important than that. That's the perspective of an atheist. He's saying, I don't even respect people who won't talk to me about faith. Because if you really believe what you say is true, then how could you just let me stand in front of that truck and say nothing at all? Isn't that convicting? Doesn't that stir your heart? Um, Rico Tice puts it this way. He says, We must be beware of living as functional atheists. Deep down, I know hell is real and terrible. And in church on Sunday, I sing about the reality that Jesus is the only way it can be avoided. But Monday to Friday, in the office, at home, with non-Christian relatives, when visiting friends who are rejecting Jesus, I live as though it isn't true. I live as though they won't die, as though hell isn't where they're heading. And so I don't say anything. It is loving to warn an English tourist who is about to swim with sharks. It is unloving not to warn him just because you don't want to spoil his day or have him call you ridiculous. And that's just it. It's all about love. It is. My willingness to tell people the gospel is a test of my love for them. My willingness to tell people the gospel is a test of my love for them. Isn't that convicting? And isn't it true? If we really love people, we must tell them. With sensitivity, yes. With respect, yes. With with an awareness of the Holy Spirit at the right time, yes. But we must. We must be faithful to tell people about Christ. Well, uh, third question. I get it, Brendan. Character matters. But could I ever hope to become a contagious Christian? I mean, we probably have in our minds, you know, this idea of like kind of super Christians. That's the contagious Christian. That's what they're like, you know. These people that are really out there, getting out there, talking to people about Jesus, really full of confidence, really outgoing and brave and just really loving on people all the time. And you probably sit there and think, but that's not me. I'm not like that. I don't, I, I, I get nervous. I'm afraid. I lack character. Do I have any hope of becoming like this? Well, I want you to think about something with me, I want you to think about the person in your life that was most influential to you coming to Christ. 
Think about that with me. Think about the person who had the greatest impact on you coming to know Jesus. And I want you to think, what was that person like? What character traits did they have? Think about that. You probably found that they loved you. You probably would say or found that they were someone of integrity. You'd probably say things like they were faithful. They were committed to following Jesus. That they shared the Bible with you. Friends, they are the marks of a contagious Christian. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about faithful Christianity. We're not talking about something way out here that's unachievable. We're talking about the qualities of someone that impacted your life to lead you to Christ, who God used to bring you to Him. That's what we're talking about here. So yes, it character matters. And yes, you do have a hope of becoming a contagious Christian. And I know many people in this room already, I think, are really great contagious Christians. Um, well, lastly, the last question I really wanted to look at, uh, what are the characteristics of contagious Christians? And I've mentioned some already, but I just really wanted to draw out three that I think are really vital, and I think three that we can really uh, grow in, and um, that Bill Hybels highlights in his book, which I think are excellent. And the first one is authenticity. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, our Nana, Nana Johnson, um, uh, who's still kicking it at 87, 88? Something like that. 87, 87, yeah. She's, she's feisty. She's, um, she's probably got another 100 years left in her. She's um, not a believer at all. In fact, quite antagonistic towards things of faith. Um, she once said to me, or recently, she said, oh, Brennan, show me how you touch your toes, because I was complaining about being inflexible, and I had some lame attempt just past my knees. And she put her hands flat on the ground and said, this is how you do it, you know, sort of thing. So she's agile, she's out there, she's, she'll tell you what she thinks of you straight off the bat. That's a Johnson characteristic. She grew up in the country, and she grew up in a Methodist church. And uh, she grew up with a mother who was her Sunday school teacher and taught Sunday school at the Methodist church she attended to. But also, at home, when people went at church, abused her horribly. And was an angry woman. And my nana, uh, when she became an adult, reached a place where she said, if that's what Christians are like, I want nothing to do with them ever again. So she refused to, and to this day, apart from weddings and funerals, refuses to set foot in church because of the perceived hypocrisy of her mother. She sent my mum to church because she thought, oh, good values for mum, for her daughter. But for her personally, she refused to have anything to do with Christian faith. Authenticity. Inauthenticity is probably one of the number one objections to following Christ. Um, Hypocrisy. The word hypocrisy, uh, from its Greek origin, is a word that means playing the part in a theatre. To to be a hypocrite is to be an actor. You put on a mask, you put on a face, but it's not reflective of who you are. You're playing a part. 
Um, authenticity. We're talking about honesty. We're talking about genuineness. We're talking about saying what you mean. We're talking about doing what you say. We're talking about being authentic. Um, in the uh, book uh, Becoming a Contagious Christian, Bill Hybels gives a testimony of uh, someone in the church that uh, became a Christian through the, uh, in part through the uh, witness of a friend. And they wrote them a letter after they became a Christian talking about how their friendship had really impacted them. And they say the following, and I, I found it really uh, kind of inspiring and challenging. The person who's become a Christian writes the following. They said, you know, when we met, I began to discover a new vulnerability, a warmth and a lack of pretense that impressed me. I saw in you a thriving spirit, no signs of internal stagnation anywhere. I could tell that you were a growing person, and I liked that. I saw that you had strong self-esteem, not based on the fluff of self-help books, but on something a whole lot deeper. I saw you lived by your convictions and priorities, and not just by convenience, selfish pleasure and financial gain. And I had never met anyone like that before. I felt a depth of love and concern as you listened to me and didn't judge me. You tried to understand me, you sympathized, and you celebrated with me. You demonstrated kindness and generosity, not just to me, but to other people as well. And you stood for something. You were willing to go against the grain of society and follow what you believed to be true, no matter what people said, and no matter how much it cost you. And for those reasons and a whole host of others, I found myself really wanting what you had. Now that I've become a Christian, I wanted to write to you and tell you how grateful I am beyond words for how you lived out your Christian life in front of me. Isn't that powerful? The impact of kind of an authentic life and... And I think I kind of break it down uh, in two ways about this authenticity thing. Authentic identity. Um, and the question I want you to think about is, or us to think about is, do we let people into our hopes and into our struggles, into our joys and passions, or do we act very different when we're with Christians versus when we're with non-Christians? Um, do we in the same way portray a gospel of grace and forgiveness, honestly sharing our struggles and our failures? Or do we show a gospel of works by pretending and never sharing failure with people who don't believe? Um, we're going to talk about this more later on in our third session together. But authentic identity. Do we let people in? Um, secondly, authentic living. Do we have the same values as the people around us? Or are they different? Are we living for financial gain or kingdom gain? Are we into self-promotion or do we genuinely look to serve and love others? Um, do we have the, the same values as the people around us or are we different? Um, authentic living. Uh, secondly, um, not just authenticity, but the second value is compassion. Um, that's the second point on our, our scheme of things. Remember, connect and care. Loving people, genuinely loving people. Um, and this is what Jesus was like. You know, Matthew 9, 35, says the following, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, Jesus was a man of compassion. He showed compassion on the people that he was with. Um, Paul writes similarly, talking about spiritual gifts and, and gifts as Christian. And in that famous verse, um, in chapter 13, 1 to 3, he says, If I speak in the tongues of man and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have perfect powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have all faith as to move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You know, without love, we can be the most gifted people around. And it means nothing. You know, just showing compassion on people and loving people is so powerful. And, and you know, this is really a burden for me for our church for this year. You know, I shared at the church family meeting that in 2017, I really just praying and hoping that we would grow in uh, compassion towards others. And if you want to get involved in that, there's three different things that are happening this year that I've mentioned already that you can really be a part of if you want to grow in that compassion and heart. The first one is with Christians Against Poverty and the Debt Center and things we're help, hoping to do. We're hoping to run a um, money course uh, on a regular basis involving people in the community who don't know the Lord to talk to them about you know, financial stewardship and things and just to love on them. Um, there's ESL teaching that uh, Dave and Chris Lynn are going to be running, happening in Waitara in, from Term 2 that's going to be happening this year. Great opportunity to get involved in extending compassion towards people that are new migrants in the country that are looking to get connected. And uh, thirdly, there's opportunity with Liz Fan at Naringa Hospital in Warunga, the Hammond Care uh, Palliative Care place, where uh, they're looking for people to spend time with and love on family members of people that are walking through grief as their family member uh, prepares um, to, to, to die. Um, three different opportunities that if you feel as though compassion is something you really want to grow in this year, there's, there's some opportunities for you to really uh, step out and extend compassion. Well, authenticity, compassion, and third and finally, as we finish, uh, is sacrifice. Uh, now, sacrifice involves two ideas, really, and that is cost, on the one hand, and worship, on the other. It's doing something that's costly to yourself as an expression of worship. That's what sacrifice is, is really about. And to me, it's something so hard to find in the me-first ethic of our age. You know, um, in the US at the moment and a lot of different countries, it's about America first or filling that thing first. Me first. Our nation first. Our people first. It's a me-first culture and age. Uh, but sacrifice is the opposite. It's putting others first. Um, Bill Hybels says it this way. He says, sacrifices move people. They melt people. They stop people in their tracks and make them say, why? Like, why would you go out of your way for me? In an age where people are intoxicated with the desire for money and material goods, all you have to do is raise a seeker's eyebrows. To raise a seeker's eyebrows is to put their material needs before yours. Sacrifice, um, and we've seen this already. You know, Rudy and Iggy, a classic example. Um, they said to us just after you know they moved here, and then people from the church donated furniture and all these different things to them to help them out. Uh, one of the things Iggy said to me, she said, "Brendan, I didn't believe people like this existed." Isn't that beautiful? But isn't that a, 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 an example, an illustration of how sacrifice moves people? It, it makes them ask the question, what is it about the God that you follow that would lead you to do this? Um, and it's just like Jesus. You know, Philippians 2.5.8, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God, 
didn't count equality of God, equality with God, a thing to be grasped or used to his advantage, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a man and humbling himself even to the point of death, death on a cross. That's something so close to the mind of God. Um, Paul writes in Romans 12:1, "I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship." So three different qualities: um, authenticity, secondly, compassion, loving people, and thirdly, sacrifice. Well, that comes to the end of our session and really the, the one hope which is that character is the light that shines onto the people around you and the first mark of a contagious Christian um, is character that is authentic, compassionate and sacrificial. Um, I'm going to pray for us and then with the last 10 minutes we've got, just got an opportunity. If anyone has questions or things that they'd like to ask, you can ask away and um, then class dismissed. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much that you were and you are a God who fully embodies this kind of character. That your son Jesus was completely authentic, lived a perfectly transparent, genuine life as he lived on the earth. That he was full of compassion that he extended great compassion towards those around him and that he demonstrated sacrifice beyond anything we would ever hope or dream of occurring in laying down his life for us. And Lord, I thank you that this morning we're not alone in our desire to grow in character, that that desire in us only exists because your Holy Spirit has put it in our hearts. And Lord, I just pray for us as a group and I pray for me as well, most of all, Lord, would you grow me? Would you grow us in character? Would you grow us more and more every day in being like you? And would you do it by the power of your Holy Spirit? And praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, any questions at all? And particularly anything that you heard, maybe that was unclear or that you thought, oh, I'd like some clarification on that. Uh, or anything that was maybe you thought, oh, I'm not really sure about that, and how does that work? Any questions at all from anyone? You don't have to have questions, and um, if there's no questions, you know, or you feel too shy, sometimes I'm too shy to ask a question, you can just come and grab me afterwards as well. But has anyone got questions? Benjamin? I'm trying to embrace the silence a little bit. <laughs> well, guys, class is missed then. Um, it's 2210. Uh, enjoy this time just before church. Grab a cup of coffee. Make sure you keep your eyes wide peeled for visitors. Uh, there's been a lot more new people visiting us as well, making sure we're extending a warm welcome to them. But uh, hopefully that blessed you, the content and material, and um, we'll see you back here next week to hear from Riley about competence. Okay, thanks guys.